0: So we're looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and we're reading verses 1 to 6 today. It says, This is how one should regard us as servants of Christ, stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. But with me it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by any human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself for I am not aware of anything against myself but I am not thereby acquitted. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, do not pronounce judgment before the time. Before the Lord comes, who will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purposes of the heart. Then each one will receive his commendation from God. I have applied all these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit, brothers, that you may learn by us not to go beyond what is written, that none of you may be puffed up in favor of one against another. One of the greatest Uh, accidental structural disasters in American history happened uh, in July, July 17, 1981, in the Hyatt Regency Hotel in Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, During that time frame, it it was a new hotel, I think it was only the second year that it was open, and the executives at Hyatt wanted to have the wow factor for people when they went into Hyatt Hotels. Uh, it was they wanted to just kind of push the boundaries of architecture and just kind of take people's breath away when they walked into the doors of a Hyatt. So as such, they designed these wa- these platforms, these walking platforms, um, that would go throughout the atrium, and they would be hung to uh, t- hung above them with steel beams. And so they would, there would be walkways on each level, second, third, and fourth floor. And in that day and age, it was kind of you know, modern, revolutionary, really cool, wanted to take people's breath away. So the third, uh, the third level one, that had no issue. Uh, and the reason was, was that walkway was connected directly to the ceiling. The problem was the fourth, uh, the, or the second uh, level walkway, instead of being connected to the ceiling, it was connected to the fourth level walkway. And so the fourth level walkway basically had the weight of itself as well as the second floor walkway. So even without any people on it, it was already over capacity, and the result was disastrous. 114 people died, 200 or 200 plus were injured. It was all because there was too much weight on the structure, and it caused the whole structure to collapse. I think there's issues like that issues in our life that can weigh us down. And if we're not careful, there's one issue that can kind of cause us to collapse under its weight. The issue I'd like to talk to you about today uh, based on this passage is the issue of judgment or judgmentalism. And my hope is that as we look at this passage, we can both take the weight off of our shoulders of thinking that we should be judging other people and also take the weight off of our shoulders of feeling other people's judgment so Paul is going to talk about that freedom from judgment here and and when we think about judging I think that there's a lot of confusion and I think that people think that our culture has become less judgmental but I think what really has happened is just kinda changed its object we've changed our object of judgmental uh, judgmentalism so earlier this year uh, there was a story a true story um, a woman went to a grocery store, and she went in to get, a, you know, some milk or eggs or something. Just a real quick trip. She left her car running, unlocked, and so this thief comes up, jumps in the car, starts to drive away with it. He doesn't realize that this lady's four-year-old daughter is in the back seat. Now he's a thief. He's not a kidnapper, so he realizes the daughter's in the back seat, and he turns around. He finds this woman, and he orders the little girl to get out of the car, and then he starts scolding this parent about her parenting and leaving the child in the car. The police uh, spokesman, Matt Henderson, said this. He actually lectured the mother for leaving the child in the car and threatened to call the police on her. Obviously, of course, we're thankful he brought the little one back. I mean, think about that. Someone doesn't have any problem with the morality of stealing someone else's car, but feels like he needs to judge this parent who left left the child in the car. People say that our culture is becoming less judgmental. We hear people say, don't judge me, or who gives you a right to judge someone else? And on the one hand, it seems like on moral issues, we've become less convicted. We've become less... uh, of holding or biblical, biblical worldview. And mo- some might say that's less judgmental. For example, in 2018, 67% of people approved of homosexuality compared to 40% in 2001. 69% approved of premarital sex compared to 53% in 2001. 76% of Americans say divorce is morally acceptable compared to 59% in 2001. And 65% of Americans approve of childbirth outside of marriage compared to 45% in 2002 when Gall- Gallup added that question to the poll. Uh, 55% in 2018 opposed pornography, um, but the number who said it was uh, acceptable increased from, uh, to 43% from 30% uh, who approved of it in 2011 when Gallup added that question. So on, on the one hand, people say, okay, we're becoming less judgmental. We're less uh, holding to a biblical worldview. Uh, but I think it's just we've shifted focus. We've shifted from morality to kind of uh, some motives. Like we judge people's motives a lot more than we used to. Uh, so when you think about that, it's like... Um, if somebody says something wrong, you can have someone who has their career and has a great career, and then they say that one word that's wrong and they can completely lose their career, their livelihood over one word or phrase or thing that they say. Uh, If you associate with someone who's of a different political party, it can be seen as scandalous. I remember last year, uh, a Republican senator smiled at and patted uh, a Democrat on the back and it was like this whole scandal. It's like, They're fraternizing with the enemy. It's like, where have we come as a culture? And yet we say, oh yeah, we're less judgmental than we used to be. We've just shifted the focus. We used to judge morality. Now we judge not just morality, but motives. And as we look at this passage and and this idea of judging or judgmentalism, uh, Paul is certainly not saying that it's wrong to hold biblical convictions, or even to speak out the truth. Uh, In fact, Paul uh, does that, and later in 1 Corinthians, he's going to actually speak out against sin. There are some people in Corinth, a a gentleman who was engaged in outright uh, blatant sexual immorality, sleeping with his mother, and Paul is going to actually condemn the Corinthian church, saying, you should have said something, you should have stopped this from happening inside the confines of the church. Also, Paul is not going to be shy about pointing out Peter's errors. When Peter kind of strays from the gospel, uh, Paul is not going to be shy about telling him uh, that he's wrong, telling people to be wary of what he's saying. And so Paul is certainly not saying that we shouldn't hold biblical convictions and just kind of be wishy-washy and just kind of flow with the tides of culture. But he's also warning us against being judgmental. Now, the, the issue of judging in the Scripture is something that's kind of nuanced. And, and we don't have time to go through kind of a whole study of, of judging. Uh, we're kind of just going to be focusing on this passage today. Uh, but certainly in the Scriptures, we're told that we're to be uh, discerning. We need to be wise. We need to be wary. We need to judge people's motives, see if they're you know, of the Lord or not at times. But what's often condemned is hypocritical judgment. Saying, you know, it's okay for me to do something, it's not okay for someone else to do something. Condemning judgment, where it's like, all right, that person does that, and that person is a terrible person because they do that. It's not about assessing, not about having a good, right judgment. It's about looking down on someone else because of what they do. And in this passage, Paul is specifically talking about judging people who are believers, who are kind of on the right path. It's not like they're doing something necessarily openly sinful. They're on the right path trying to do the right thing. And Paul says that we shouldn't judge those people. Look down on them. And specifically, Paul is going to talk about um, judging people who are leaders, but I think the principles apply uh, to many different contexts. So again, in, in the book of, uh, in, in the book of uh, 1 Corinthians, There's this factionalism that's happening. People are saying, I follow Apollos, I follow Paul, I follow Christ. And in essence, when they're saying that, they're in essence judging the other leaders. It's Paul, I don't follow him. He's not a very good speaker. The things he says, they're just kind of way off, kind of crazy. I follow Apollos, or I follow just Christ. And so they're judging those who they don't follow, in essence, and in essence, what they're saying is that the people they don't follow are not effective for the kingdom of God. So in the passage that we're looking at today, I think Paul shows us four things about judging others. The first thing he tells us is that we have no right to judge another man's servant. Paul says this, this is how uh, one should regard us, as servants of Christ, if people think differently than we do. John Stott uh, in one of his books, writes this, The secret of our relationships with one another and the Christian church, especially when we have differences, is Jesus Christ as Lord. To despise or stand in judgment on a fellow Christian isn't just a breach of fellowship. It's a denial of the Lordship of Jesus. I need to say to myself, Who am I that I should cast myself in the role of another Christian's Lord and judge? I must be willing for Jesus Christ to be not only my Lord and judge, but also my fellow Christian's Lord and judge. I must not interfere with Christ's lordship over other Christians. We have no right to judge another person's servant. The criterion is faithfulness to the Lord, not faithfulness to what we would expect or hope that they do. Second thing Paul tells us is that our judgment of ourselves is not binding. Paul says, in fact, I do not even judge myself, for I'm not aware of anything against myself, but I am not thereby acquitted. Now, there's two types of people. Most of us probably fall into the, the first class of where we tend to give ourselves a lot of slack. We tend to give ourselves the benefit of the doubt. And when we see something in someone else, maybe we can tend to be a little bit harsh. But when we're doing it, maybe it's not a big deal. Or we have an excuse why we do this or that. Others, Other people have a more sensitive conscience. It doesn't matter how big or small the issue is. We feel like it's our fault. And even it's this little tiny issue, we feel this weight of of burden, of judgment upon our shoulders. And so this truth that our judgment ourselves can be encouraging to us because even when our conscience accuses us, even when we feel like we're the worst person on the face of planet Earth, even when we feel like our sin has overwhelmed us, God sees our heart. God sees us as we truly are. God sees us as he's made us and making us to be. And so our judgment of ourselves, it's not binding. It's not a matter of how we view ourselves. It's how God views us. On the other hand, if you think too highly of yourself, you feel like you have this holiness figured out, feel like we don't sin anymore or our sins aren't that big. God sees us. God sees every little thing. And it doesn't change how God views us. And I think most of us tend to overestimate our positive qualities and characteristics, and we tend to underestimate our negative ones. So I'm a bigger guy, not that tall, but I grew up playing hockey. And I would uh, remember doing, like, locker room boxing, and I did pretty well in that. And I did, I've done a little bit of jujitsu, jitsu a little bit of karate. And I have always, always thought of myself as kind of a tough guy and thought, like, I could take most people. So a couple of weeks ago, uh, Patrick and I were hanging out, And uh, we went to this place that had these games. And there was this uh, punching bag. And the punching bag would measure how hard you hit the punching bag. Uh, So I'm like, all right, let's do this. And So Patrick goes up and and he lands a punch. And it, 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 it just goes to the top almost and it says he's a strong man. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna beat him. And so I go and I wind up and I hurt my elbow hit it with my forearm, and it goes boop, 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 boop. And so I'm like, all right, let's try this again. I just missed it this time. Uh, This time I'm going to beat him. So I go up. I I do the same thing. I was like, all right, all right. I missed it again. Let me try again. Try it a third time. I hit it a little bit better, but it still went boop, 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 boop. Fourth time, boop, 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 boop. It was like a quarter of what his punch was. And I'm finally like, all right, I don't want to fight you. Let's just not get into a fight. But I still think I can take him. But you look at the numbers. The numbers just don't add up. You know, it doesn't matter what we think about ourselves. It doesn't matter if we think we have this whole Christian life figured out. It doesn't matter if we think that we're sinless or we think that we're so broken that we're beyond repair. God sees us as we truly are. And our judgment of ourselves is not binding. God's judgment is what matters. Thomas A. Kempis in The Imitation of Christ says this, He has great tranquility and peace of heart who does not regard praise or blame, and he will soon be at peace uh, and content who has a good conscience. You are not the better because you are praised or the worse because you are blamed. For as you are, you are. And whatever is said of you, you are no better than almighty God, the searcher of men's hearts, will testify that you are. God sees our hearts and our our judgment of ourselves is not binding. Third thing Paul tells us is that we can all be terrible judges. We can all be terrible judges. There is a story about a couple who moved into a new home and uh, they were eating breakfast the morning after they moved in and the the lady looked out and saw uh, clothing on the line. The neighbor had put clothing on the line and she looked and she said, that clothing is all dirty. I, I wonder who taught the neighbor how to do her laundry. Maybe she needs some new laundry soap. And so each morning they would have breakfast and she would look out and see the clothing and it was always dirty. She always made some comment about it being dirty. Well, one morning she got up and she, they were having breakfast. She looked out and she's like, it's clean. The clothing is finally clean. She must have figured out how to do laundry. The husband sheepishly said, Honey, this morning I got up early and I cleaned our windows. Sometimes we see things only through the lens of our own sinfulness. And we're often terrible judges of character. We are often our, judges are so, our judgments are so off base. I mean, think about this passage. And think about what Paul uh, was experiencing. Think about the judgment people were levying against him. Some people were saying that he was a false prophet. Some people were saying that he uh, was teaching this foreign gospel. Some people were saying, well, he's just not effective. They were saying he he doesn't speak well. He, He maybe has a short stature. We don't know that for sure. But they were levying a lot of different judgments against him. And look at what became of him. Apart from Jesus Christ, he's probably the most famous person in all of Christianity. Wrote a good percentage of the New Testament. This is a person that people were judging and saying he's not going to be very effective for the Kingdom of God. We're terrible judges of character. In his book *Grace Awakening*, Chuck Swindoll shares a story uh, of how he was—he went to this—he was doing this uh, Bible conference one time. And this was like a week-long conference, and uh, he met this couple at the beginning of the conference, and they seemed like nice people, and he just kind of chatted with them a little bit. But he noticed that every time he would go up to preach, about 10 minutes in, this man would fall asleep. And so he was getting a little bit frustrated, because without fail, he just kept falling asleep. And so he started judging this person in his mind, and it kind of got him worked up. And he's thinking, well, he must have just come because his wife dragged him there. Uh, he must be a carnal Christian. He doesn't care about hearing the word of the Lord. And he's thinking all of these things in his mind the whole week long. Then at the end of the week, the woman comes up. And at that moment, he's thinking, all right, she's going to come and tell me, all right, my husband, he, we need to pray for him. He doesn't care about the things of the Lord. He just fell asleep through the whole conference. I'm sorry that he disrespected you in this way. But she comes up and says, I just wanted to let you know, my husband, um, we came here because my husband really wanted to come here. He's uh, got terminal cancer, doesn't have very long left. This was his dying wish to come to this conference, even though he's taking uh, a number of medicines that cause him to get really drowsy. He wanted to be here, and you're one of his favorite preachers, and he he wanted to be here more than anything else. So just thank you for uh, putting on this conference. He felt a little embarrassed after that. He said, uh, I stood there all alone, as deeply rebuked as I had ever been. We all can be terrible judges. We could probably all go around and tell stories of how we misjudge someone. I remember when I was on a missions trip years ago, uh, there was this one individual missionary, short-term missionary down there, and uh, he just seemed like a real jerk. And I, uh, he acted in a certain way, and I just formed all these negative thoughts about him, you know. And I'm just kind of working myself up about this. And then I had an opportunity by God's grace to talk to him later and just kind of hear his heart. And he turned out to be like the most caring, genuine person, uh, one of the most caring, genuine people I ever met. We have this tendency to misjudge people. We're often terrible judges. So Paul tells us we're Often terrible judges, the final thing Paul tells us is that God is the good and the righteous judge. Paul says that when the Lord comes, he will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purposes of the heart. He says, then each one will receive his condemnation from God. Man's judgment is imperfect, incomplete, and often biased, but God's judgment is perfect, complete, and impartial. God sees everything. God sees our hearts. Now again, on the one hand, this can be scary, because God sees every evil thought that we've ever had, every evil intention of our heart, even when we're doing the right things, He can see our evil motives if we're doing them with the wrong heart. And so that's scary in a sense, and it's a warning for any who would kind of put on a show or display that we can fool other people, but we cannot fool God. God sees what's in our heart. God sees what's beneath the surface. But it's also encouraging because Christ often calls us to do a number of things in this life where we don't receive any visible reward. He calls us to do things that are hard sometimes. Putting to death sin. It's not fun. It's not easy. The reward is great, but often we don't see that reward right away. He calls us to love those around us, even when we don't get that love in return calls us to love, pray for our enemies. Those things are hard things to do. We don't always see the result, the return on that. But God sees everything that we do. Even when other people don't see it, even when other people don't recognize it, even when other people misunderstand us, God sees us. God sees our hearts. He sees our motives. There's a story in the Chaplain magazine uh, about Charles Spurgeon. Charles Spurgeon was a, uh, called the uh, Prince of Preachers, great preacher, Uh, a couple hundred years ago. And uh, there was a story about him. Him and his wife would raise chickens. And uh, the thing that was interesting was he refused to give the eggs away. And people would ask him for the eggs. And he'd say, all right, you can have some eggs, but you got to pay for them. And he would not give an egg away for free to anyone, even his family members. And so some people thought that he was kind of miserly thought he was greedy, that he wouldn't even share an egg with a family member. And he didn't defend himself, he didn't explain himself, it's just that's what he did. And then after he died, they realized what he was doing. The reason he was selling those eggs was he was using the money to support two widows who were in need. Now God saw what he did. Other people misunderstood him. Other people thought that he was doing something sinful even, being greedy. God saw his heart. God's judgment goes beyond what we can see. So the four things uh, Paul tells us about judging today, he says, we have no right to judge another man's servants. Our judgment of ourselves is not binding. We can all be terrible judges. And God is the good and righteous judge. And so I think we need to kind of circle around and uh, come back to where we started. The idea of carrying weight around. I've never done long-distance hiking before, but I'm told when you go uh, long-distance hiking, you have to kind of whittle down all that you have and carry as little as possible, but also carry everything that you need. And so I, I hear like the gold standard for how much your backpack should weigh would be like 20 pounds. you got to fit a tent, you got to fit a flashlight, you got to fit uh, water, filtration, clothes. you got to fit everything in 20 pounds. So you have to be super intentional about what you carry around. You have to use things that have multiple purposes, hopefully, and anything that is extra weight you have to get rid of and I think the same thing is true. Is your job difficult and he just fired off no. They thought he they that he misunderstood what he had asked because he's got this really important position serving the president, and so they asked him again, "Do you think your job is difficult and he said. No, I don't. And he went on to explain why he thought his job wasn't difficult. He said, I only have one constituent. His only job was to please one person, to please the president. If only we would take that mindset. If only we had one constituent. If only our focus was on pleasing the true and just judge. To sum up all that Paul says here in this passage, I think we can sum it up this way. Our job is not to sit on the judge's seat, it's to serve the judge. Our job is not to sit on the judge's seat, it's to serve the judge. That's, what's ultimate, that's what ultimately matters. That's where our focus needs to be. Our focus needs to be on Christ, His love, our identity that's rooted in Him. And we need to throw off that judgmental spirit that would look down upon others, condemning others, maybe even hypocritically. We need to put down that weight of judgment that we feel from other people, knowing that God's opinion of us is all that ultimately matters. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you that you've shown how you feel about us in the cross, that you loved us so much to die on the cross for our sins so that we might have life. Uh, Lord, we thank you for rescuing us, for those who are believers in Christ. We thank you that you've made us clean. Positionally, we're righteous before you, and you're currently in the process of conforming us into the image of your Son, Lord. Lord, help us to throw off the weight of judging other people. Lord, help us not to have a hypocritical, a condemning spirit. Help us not to be overwhelmed by the weight of others' judgment of us help us to run after you with all of our hearts.